Well, glory to God. You know, I'm missing my family, my whole family. You know, this will be my first Easter where all my family's gone. Really, it's just me and Natalie. Where's she at? There's Boo. <laughs> well, good. I mean, it's good to see everybody, you know. And happy Easter, you know. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to continue to pray for them in, in Africa. We haven't quite figured out exactly what our connection there is going to be. We've made some progress in that area. Uh, but we, we need your prayers, so let's, uh, we're praying for some clarity there. And also... Continue to pray for their safety. I mean, they're not home. We've got to get them home. And uh, I don't know if some of you may have already heard this, but uh, this morning there was an attack in Sri Lanka, and about 300 people were killed. They bombed seven different churches and hotels across the country uh, attacking Easter services. So, uh, yeah, if there's ever a time for prayer, we need prayer right now because evil's sticking his little head up all over the place. Amen. So we want to keep, we want our team home, we want them home safe. Those of you that don't know where Sri Lanka is, that's uh, on the, the tip of India there, so it's not anywhere near Africa. <laughs> so praise God, but um, you know, your prayers are needed and they're very helpful. You know, nobody on that trip had the money to go on that trip, but they knew God called them to go. And they had to, so what do you do? You know, you pray and you believe God for that. And they did, and every one of them prayed and believed God, and the money came in. In one way or another, it came in, and, and so they're all there, they're, and they're doing some fantastic things for, for, uh, for the ministry and to hopefully make, open a door for how we'll connect with... It's, it's, they was Swaziland, they changed the name, the king changed the name to Eswatini. I don't know why that is, but hey, I think it was a way to change the currency for him to make more money, but who knows, hey... But anyway, keep lifting them up in prayers. And listen, you guys get stuff ready for the yard sale. I will say this, because I've had some people contact me wanting to bring stuff up. We have nowhere, no more storage. We're out of storage. We have three storage units that are full. And my carport is full at home. I cannot take anything else. And we don't have anywhere else here to put it. But please still collect things. And we're asking everybody to store them at their house. And we're going to bring those up the Thursday or the Friday before the yard sale, just so everybody knows. All right, so before I tell you what, before I get started, I want to congratulate Laurel and Mike. They had a very special week this week. <laughs> Laurel, tell us about your new grandchild. Wow! Ooh. Fantastic. You know, that's awesome. You know, I'm looking forward to those days. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> well, congratulations. We're glad everything went smooth on that, you know. So, well, all right. Happy Easter, everybody, right? Today's Easter. And those of you that know me, I have a kind of a little soapbox about the whole Easter thing because we've so commercialized Easter. And I'm not going to get into all of that, but I think you all understand what I'm saying there. But actually today is Resurrection Sunday. It is Resurrection because that is the purpose of this day. And now, so, and also, let's go back to last Sunday. And thank you for everybody that made it last Sunday. Last Sunday was really crazy. I mean, we were thought we didn't even know if we were going to be able to have service. 
and some of you guys ventured out and made it, and we still were able to have service, but that was actually Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday was the beginning of the Holy Week, all right? And as a matter of fact, this is the most important time in human history. If, you, if, you, you know, if you're a Christian, as a matter of fact, it's, it really is. It's the most, and that was the beginning, the beginning of the Holy Week, and that, that brought us to Friday, which Friday was Good Friday, all right? Now, some of you... What is Good Friday? Well, Good Friday was the day when Jesus was crucified, all right? And then the really interesting thing is, and me and Alan, I don't know, we had this conversation Friday night when the, after the worship teams were, were practicing. He said, you know, we were talking, and we were talking about the movie The Passion and how it stops at the cross. It stops at the cross. It does not stop at the cross because if you understand what Jesus was doing in the whole purpose of the whole event... It stopped with his resurrection. And we, Alan was like, I want to see the sequel, you know? So anyway, but that brings us to today, which is Resurrection Sunday. And that's what we do. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus was resurrected from the grave. And I know we most commonly call it Easter. And those of you that know, don't know, Easter is a, it's a pagan holiday. And I don't really understand the Easter bunny and the egg thing because the Easter bunnies don't lay eggs. I've never seen that, but... <laughs> But look, those things are fun. And as a matter of fact, the kids are back there. They'll, do a, they'll hunt eggs today. And, uh, and I'm not a preacher that says you can't have a Christmas tree. Don't celebrate with Easter bunnies and this and that. But I will tell you that it's very important that you keep the balance. It's okay to have fun with your kids. All right? Have, give them an Easter basket, hunt eggs, and all the good stuff. But you've got to have the balance. You cannot allow that to become the purpose of the day because it's not. And make sure your children understand that. All right? That's it. That's simple. But because of the traditions that we celebrate there, it has confused a lot of people about the, what the real meaning of today is. And I'll tell you what happened yesterday. I was at a store, and I won't say where I was because some of you may know this, this particular lady. It was a lady. She was in her mid, probably mid-50s. She was mature like me. And... Uh, she was, she, there was like five people in front of me, and she was checking everybody out. And then as soon as she would check them out, she would hand their receipt, and she'd say, Happy Easter. All right, Happy Easter. And the next person, it was just repetitious, Happy Easter, Happy And I was the last in line, and I got up there, and she told me, Happy Easter. And I said, Yeah, what a fantastic day to celebrate. She said, I have, she said, I have raised every one of my kids. And she said, I didn't miss an Easter. They got a basket every Easter. I said, they did. That's good. I said, what else did you do on the day? And she said, well, that's all we did. She had no clue what the Easter story was about. She didn't know. I ended up talking to her a little bit longer and waiting around on some people and actually got to share the gospel with her. So it's fantastic in that point. But the thing was, and it kind of shook me for a minute and made me realize, she's half of her lifespan gone and never heard the story. Never heard the story. She had no clue. And I could relate, because those of you know my story, I was middle, late 20s when I got saved, and I really didn't know the full story either when I was living for the world. But it made me think that there's a lot of people, a lot of people, and this isn't to condemn anybody, but it's to make you aware that we're all called to spread the gospel. But for someone to go that long in their life and to never have somebody share the gospel or the Easter story or anything about Jesus to them, that's... You know, that should make us aware, make us want to go and spread the gospel a little more. Amen? So I want to encourage you, if you're not, take the opportunities that God put in front of you and talk to people about Jesus. Amen? All right, rabbit trail. Back to what the meaning of Easter. 
If you go into any school, elementary school or anything, and you ask the kids, what is Easter about? What are they going to say? Easter bunnies, Easter baskets, Easter eggs, you know, whatever. Dad's going to put a $20 bill in the plastic egg, and if I find it, it's mine, you know, all right? That was always the fun thing when we did it with our kids. Pop would always hide money in the eggs, so they, always, they didn't care anything about hunting eggs at our house because it was just going to be some candy, but when they went to Granddad's house, all of them had money in it, you know. It was so funny. Pop, we hid an egg one time, and he forgot where it was, and it had like a $5 bill in it. And he spent two weeks after that trying to find that egg with that $5 in it. <laughs> but glory to God, most children today think of Easter. They, they're confused. They only think of Easter as the, the, how we've made a tradition out of it of just simply hunting eggs. And, and then you go a little further, and I was at Target last week, and there was just tons of ladies there with their children, nothing against ladies. And nothing against getting new duds. We all want to look good. But they were all there, and they, they were driven to get their Easter clothes. So a lot of the ladies think of Easter, and they think, oh, my gosh, we're going to church. People are going to be looking at us. I've got to get our Easter clothes. We've got to get everybody. we all got to match. Nothing wrong with this matching. Luckily, my wife is not here today. I didn't have to worry about that. So, <laughs> But if you ask most dads, you know, the tradition we have on Easter is we go visit family. You know, unfortunately, my family's across the world and across the United States, but I'll be okay. But most dads think of visiting family. Hey, we're going to Grandma's house. What happens then? We eat. Mm-hmm. Come on, I'm a dad. I like to eat, you know. I was beginning to show, but that happens when you turn 40. I'm not there yet, but no, I'm just kidding. So dads think of eating for the most part. But, of course, if you ask any preacher or pastor, he's going to tell you. Today is the day we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. And unfortunately, in our culture, we've turned an empty tomb that Jesus was risen from. We've turned that into an Easter egg, all right? And because of that, so many people have lost sight of the true meaning of today. The true meaning. So I'm I'm here to, to set things straight right now. Easter has absolutely nothing to do with eggs, bunnies, chocolates. Have fun with it with the kids but understand the purpose and the true meaning behind that. Because unfortunately, because of that confusion, so many people are only celebrating the traditions. You know, and you think, well, you know, I wouldn't do, I mean, think about when Jesus went into Jerusalem and he went to the temple and everybody, you know, he, he ran all of the money changers out. And all of the, they were selling sacrificial animals and all of that for the sacrifice and for the Passover. And, you know, they basically commercialized the holiday back then. So nothing has really changed, all right? We're still doing the same thing today. But we need to be aware of it and understand that it's our job, our job as moms and dads to raise our kids and to make sure they understand to celebrate Jesus on this day and not get hung up on celebrating the things of this world, which are the traditions. All right, we got to find the balance there. You got to find the balance. Because see, too often, because people don't understand the true meaning, they go to church, all right? And, and they, they feel like it's their duty to go to church. And this is not nothing against anybody that may be visiting today for the for the first time this year or what or anything like that. But they go to church thinking that everything's going to be okay. But when everything's done, when, the, when all of it's over, they intend to go back to their old ways. And guys, that can't be. That can't be. We need people to understand the purpose of this day 
Because that, this day is the single most important day in all of mankind. It is. It's the single most important day. And it's the resurrection of Christ. Because if Jesus was not risen, if, he did not, if God did not raise Jesus from the dead, then what we stand on is what? It, we, it's, it's in vain. I think Paul told us that in 1 Corinthians 15, 17. He says, if, you, if Jesus was not risen, then all that we stand for is in vain and we are still in our sin. Right? So the resurrection was necessary. But we need people coming to church, understanding the true meaning of the holiday, and understanding the true meaning of the day, and then leaving completely changed, accepting Christ if they don't know Christ, uh, getting things straight with their Heavenly Father if they do know Christ, and maybe they slipped up like all of us have at some point in our lives, but getting their lives straight and setting things in motion so that they can be set apart. And leave the buildings impacted by the Word of God that's been preached to them. It's very important. See, too many people come to church and they don't get impacted by the Word. And a lot of that happens because they, they, don't, they don't receive it. You know, you can hear things, but you don't receive it. That's why you, I always pray that people have ears to hear and a heart to receive. You've got to open your heart up to receive it. Allow it, allow it to settle in your heart. And, and we need people impacted to the point that where that when they leave, they are committing their lives to serving Christ. Serving Christ. And that's when we're going to begin to see change in their lives. Change. And how many of you know, a lot of people that go through some mess, and I've been through some mess, some of you have been through some mess, and you are happy to see some change in your life, right? That's right. That's right. And let me just say this. The days of coming to church a few times a year and then just expecting your life to be just as simple and smooth sailing, Listen, they need to be behind us because just like what happened this morning, evil is sticking his head up all around this world in some crazy ways. And you've got to remember, Satan himself is out there trying to knock you off of your feet. He's trying to do anything he can to drive a wedge in between you and your heavenly father because he knows the closer you draw to your heavenly father, the stronger you are with standing over him. All right, so he's going to do anything he can to, to, to pull you apart, to separate you, to separate you. And it's sad to say, the day we live in, so many people walk around this earth and they live in a life full of chaos. And then they get really frustrated. And they get frustrated with God. You know, why isn't anything working in my life? But then when you look at the root of the problem, which you look at their lives, and you see how much time they're spending involved in church, involved in the Word of God, how much time are they spending in prayer, how much time are they spending developing their relationship with their Heavenly Father, all of that. See, they're simply not doing their part. And unfortunately, the Christian walk and learning to live a life, a good Christian life and walk, it's going to take some work, folks. It's going to take some work. I wish it was easy, but it's not. And see, unfortunately, in our environment that we live in today, everybody is driven by what is easier. It frustrates me when I hire employees now. I bring them in, and especially the young, young, young people. Every time, you'll tell them how you want something done, and they're, they're standing there for 30 minutes trying to think of the easier way. Listen, always the easiest route. Sometimes that's good, but that's not always the best. Sometimes you're going to have to work for what you get. 
And that's, that's the way it is with, with, with the things of God. You're going to have to, what does that mean? That means you're going to have to be reading your Bible. You're going to have to come up with a study plan. You're going to have to come up with a, a prayer time. I, I encourage everybody, we're, we're beginning to implement a, a night of, of corporate prayer. We're going to do that once a month. And let me tell you, there's power in that. There's power in that. And, and Miriam was sharing, sharing some fantastic material with me Wednesday night. And so you need to, be, I want to encourage you, get you a prayer closet. It doesn't have to be a closet. It's just a place where you can go and spend time with your Heavenly Father and talk to Him, commune with Him, and listen to Him without any distractions. That's actually why people use a prayer closet. So they can go in there and there's no distractions. They leave their phone behind, computer out of there, everything, so that they can talk and pray. And then they can sit quietly and listen and listen. See, that's where we miss it so many times. We forget to pause and listen. We're too busy telling God, I need this, save me, save me, I need this, I need this, I need this. But we've got to take time to listen. Now, Easter is the time to commemorate Jesus' resurrection from the dead. That's the true meaning of today. But it's important to realize that the purpose of Jesus' life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, all of that dates back to the garden. It dates back to Adam. So let's go back to the garden. When, and when you had Adam and Eve, I'll throw both of them in there, because sometimes when I preach and I forget to mention one, somebody gets offended. Well, how come you're blaming it on the woman, and how come you're blaming it on the man? All right, so both of them did it, but when Adam disobeyed God in the garden, what happened? He fell from his rightful standing with his heavenly Father. Remember, he was created, and he was in right standing. He was, had dominion over everything in the earth. He had everything he would ever need. And God created him for fellowship. And he was in right standing with his, with his heavenly father. But when he made a choice, and it was a choice. See, that's why I talk about your choices may have consequences. He made a choice. When he chose to disobey him, he fell from that position. He was no longer in his rightful standing with his heavenly father. And as a result, sin and death were introduced into the world. Romans 5.12, when Adam sinned, Sin entered the world, Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. All right, so Adam's disobedience caused sin to come in, and not just infect them of the day, but to infect every generation after that, which leads up to us. That's why we live in a fallen world, we live in a sin-filled world. You ever want to hear people say that sometimes, right? And it's interesting, but it's good, good to know that when Adam chose to disobey, He left the God nature behind. See, he took on the devil's nature, which is a sinful nature, which we are of a sinful nature, right? Right? And he took that on, and he could no longer possess the God's nature. But thank goodness we have a smart Heavenly Father, don't we? Absolutely we do. I mean, goodness gracious, he created each and every one of us. I mean, boom, that's pretty good, right? But we have a smart, he had a backup plan. He had a backup plan. And he, his plan was to restore man back to his rightful place with God. All right? And that's where Jesus comes in. That's where Jesus comes in. 1 John 3, 8 says, But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus was born to destroy the works of the devil, which includes sin, poverty, spiritual death, Come on. All those things. Sickness. Jesus shed his blood. He took 
a brutal beating and shed his blood on that cross so that all of us could be free. Could be free. I mean, think about that. Mm, Free from the works of the devil. You know, we see the movie The Passion, and it's pretty intense. I'm going to tell you, every time I see it, it brings me to tears, even today. But that's just what we think happened. I mean, we really don't know the complete magnitude, but it was horrible. It was very horrible. And he chose to willingly do that. Willingly do that. Be our substitute, our sacrifice for us. That's something. That's really something. All right? But because of the resurrection, his death and his resurrection, everybody that chooses Jesus Christ has benefits. Come on, we all like benefits, right? What do you do when you're looking for a job? What are the benefits, you know? We want to know how are the benefits. Some people even take a lesser paying job because the benefits are good. We like benefits, right? Well, those who choose Jesus have benefits. Of course, your sins are forgiven. Come on, we all, we all have a sinful nature and we all have screwed up and sinned. Nobody in here is sin-free or sinless. Let's put it that way, all right? But you have that. You have, and even better, you have an eternal life in heaven. But you have provision for whatever God's called you to do. How many of you realize God's called you to do something? You have a purpose. You can probably quote me verbatim for what I'm about to say. God created you with a purpose. He had that purpose in mind. He created you the way that you are, the way that you are, because he knew that only you could accomplish what he called you to do. It doesn't mean you have to walk it out. You've got to make a choice. But you have a purpose. You have a purpose. And where he guides you, he will provide you. Now, Jesus died for those that aren't saved. That's understood, right? And he died so that they would have an opportunity to get born again and live the good life that God predestined for them. We all want to live a good life, don't we? Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We serve a good father. Always remember, if anything tears down, brings destruction, it brings death, any, all of those things come from Satan himself. But if it uplifts and it brings life, and it brings positivity, those things come from your heavenly Father. We don't serve an evil, mean Father that's up there playing games with us. We serve a good Father. A good Father. Amen? And now, Jesus' resurrection guarantees us the right to be made righteous. And that's very important. Righteous. And be restored to our rightful place as sons of God puts us back in right standing with our Heavenly Father. And because those who are saved have been declared righteous, that's very important, that gives you the right to repent and be forgiven. That's the fresh start. The fresh start. First John 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess, confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. God wipes the slate clean. He wipes this. When you repent of your sins, he wipes the slate clean. And I, what's really frustrating as a pastor, not against anybody in here, but I'm thinking about one person in particular. About three weeks ago, I prayed with them, and, and I went back to see them, and they accepted Christ. And, and I went back to see them, and they were kind of depressed. I'm like, what's going on? Well, I'm just still focused on something that there was going on in some past thing they were doing. I was like, what are you doing? The slate has been wiped clean. 
Listen, don't get hung up, on, hung up on looking in your past. It's behind you. What happened then is then. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have consequences that you still got to walk out and deal with because of mistakes we make. All right? But understand that God will be with you. And he's going he's gonna to see you through it to the end. But don't be hung up on looking back at your past mistakes. That is a, that's a tool straight from the devil himself to try to drive that wedge in between you and your God. Because if he can keep you looking right here, you cannot look here. And if you look here, that's the only way that you're going to figure out and understand and develop that relationship and understand what the will of God is for your life. And so you've you got to stay focused here so that you can remain sensitive to his leading because if you can't follow his leading you don't know when to move if he or even better yet you don't know when not to move sometimes people step in the way of danger and god's trying to tell them don't do this don't make that decision drive home this way go a different way amen oh it's all so important very important but listen god wipes the slate clean he wipes it clean acts 13 39, I like this out of the Amplified. It says, and through him, everyone who believes, all right, him would be Jesus, everyone who believes, that would be us, who, anybody who acknowledges Jesus as Lord our Savior and follows him is justified and declared free of guilt from all things. Woo, that's pretty good. When you choose Jesus and you repent of your sins, as far as heaven is concerned, you have not guilty of sinning against the Father. The slate's clean, a fresh start. I mean, we all sometimes in our life could use a fresh start. I've been there, been there. I piled up some problems and this, that, and the other, and sometimes you just want to, oh, I need to start over. Come on, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. But bottom line is Jesus was resurrected, resurrected for our righteousness. And that's worth celebrating. And that's the purpose of this day, to put us back in right standing with our Heavenly Father. Amen. Now, today we're celebrating the single most important event in human history. It is. All right? Without it, there wouldn't be any Christianity. And if you think about it, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has done more to change the world than anything, than any invention, any election, any business empire, anything, anything. It's done more. And the miracle of Jesus, his resurrection has changed the world in so many ways. I mean, you had orphans get homes. We saw this with our nonprofit. You, uh, slaves were set free. Oppressive governments were, were overturned. Come on. And it go, I mean, you could just go, the list could go on and on. It could go on and on. But all of that happened because of a single event inside a tomb. And it was a borrowed tomb on top of that. Jesus was dead. He was buried in the tomb, but God did not keep him there. God raised him to life right there. And think about it. You've you got to think about big picture. God, he, he knew what was happening here, right? He knew when he sent Jesus down to die for us. He saw the big picture of where we were going. But the people of that day did not understand the significance of what's happened. See, to them, they didn't, they didn't see the fact that a revolution was actually beginning with what was happening. In their eyes, it was just a tragedy. It was a tragedy. And on that day, it was pretty dark and gloomy because a tragedy was unfolding in their eyes. And think about it. All the people that just praised Jesus coming into Jerusalem, waving the palm leaves and rolling out the red carpet. That's what I call it, you know, rolling out the red carpet there. 
for Jesus, all of those had turned against him. And ultimately, they were all scattered. And he, Jesus predicted that. He predicted it. John 16, 33 says, But the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one of you going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. They were scattered. Their focus got off of God. Their focus got back on what was happening in the world. Listen, if your focus is on the things of this world, it will, those things will scatter you. They will scatter you. That's a tool, a wedge to pull your focus from God. If your focus is down here, if you're chasing the pleasures of this world, and don't misunderstand me. Now, it's not, there's nothing wrong with working hard and having a nice car or having a vacation home or a boat. None of that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, is you can't let that be the purpose of your life. That, you can't let that be what's driving you, all right? Because the world will scatter you. And it's really sad to say. You guys know uh, I like my technology, but I have a good balance with it. And technology is really impacting this world in a lot of times in a bad way. It really is. People are literally being anchored to their house now. They're being anchored. They're not, they don't, because you can do anything. On the, that right there, on your phone, anything. You can deposit a check. Just click a picture, it's done. I don't have to go to the bank. You can get anything you need on Amazon and in some cases have it delivered that day. I mean, depending on where you live. And now I partake in this one, but Walmart will now deliver your groceries to your door. All right? And you know, convenience is nice and convenience is good, but I want to encourage you, have a balance with it. All right? Because when your focus becomes on just trying to stay comfortable and stay with what's convenient, your focus becomes more on what in, what in this world makes me comfortable and, and more convenient, and then you can get stuck into, I've got to have the next new technology, so much technology, technology. Because what does technology do? It makes our life easier, right? And when your focus is only on the things of this world, you end up being scattered. But when you're focused only on the comfort and convenience... That takes the place of developing relationships. And folks, we're seeing it today. We have a generation that coming up that doesn't even know how to develop a relationship. They don't even know how to speak one-on-one. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not preaching doom and gloom, but guys, we need to make some adjustments here. We really do. We really do. Because listen, those relationships are key to you fulfilling the will of God for your life. Because the will of God for your life in some point, some capacity, includes spreading the gospel. And the number one way that you will ever spread the gospel is through a relationship. The days of saying that I'm just going to go walk down the street and yell in everybody's face, you've got to have Jesus or you're going to hell. Those days, are that's not very productive, guys. It's not. You develop the relationship. Develop the relationship. So never take for granted any relationships that you have. Because you don't know who's watching you. You don't know who's... And you, if you're paying attention to the relationship, you can sense, be sensitive to God's leading and see when a door opens and be able to share things with them. And I'm going to tell you, if you're an adrenaline junkie and you just love to go out and do these wild and crazy things, 
if you'll master or just step out and begin to share the gospel with somebody, man, that gets me going because there is nothing like staring them in the face when they're at a point where they're just feeling lost and feeling like their life, when, when they finally break down and realize it and they feel like their life's going nowhere, but you see it in their eyes and you hear them accept Christ and then you know on the inside of you because of your obedience to step out and talk to them and pursue them because of a relationship or whatever and you understand that they're going to have an eternity in heaven because of you being willing and obedient to do that. Mm, man, listen, that is something, if you've never done it, I want to encourage you. Do it. Do it. And now look, every time you, spread, you, you try to share the gospel with somebody, that doesn't mean they're going to be willing to accept it. I'll go ahead and let you know that. Don't come back next week, Pastor, I got cussed out because I tried to share the gospel. It could happen. They have to make a choice to receive it. But you've got to be willing to walk that out. And you've got to let that stuff roll off your back. Christians got to learn to be thick-skinned. Be thick-skinned. Don't, get, don't fall into the, the, the area of offense. You know, if somebody refuses it, all right, bless God. You were obedient. You did what you felt like God led you to do. Just walk on to the next one because there's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. Amen. But take advantage of your relationships, right? All right, Christ died for all of us. We know that, right? And all the sins of every person were paid for by Jesus. And he did all of that to give us an easy way to find God. And Christ ultimately gave us his church. And I'm not talking about just these four walls, even though this church is very important. But Christ gave us the church so that we all could belong. We all belong. And now, let me say this. Your church is very important. Very, very important. I've shared this story before. I was talking with a college student over there, and he held up his phone because he asked me what church I go to. I, I don't tell people I'm a pastor. I just talk with them. And he said, well, I don't need a church. He said, I've got every podcast I need right here. Listen, there's more to your church than a podcast. There's more to a church than just a Sunday morning service. We are here to love you, help you, walk with you when hard, through hard times. We're here to not, not to condemn you, but to, to, to hold you accountable because when you're struggling with something, it's hard to do by yourself. You need somebody you can lean on, somebody that, that will be willing to shake you and say, hey, stop. That road is going to lead you to death. That road is going to lead you to destruction. And that's where your, your church family is so very important. Very, very important. Now, Jesus has gone through a lot. He's gone through a lot of, and through some great lengths to find us and to pursue us and to ultimately make all things new in us. All things new. See, it's not about what we can do, but it's about, today is about what, he has already done what he's already done. Mark 13, 26 and 27 says, Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world for the furthest ends of the earth and the heaven. Listen, if your focus is on the things of this world, the comforts and the convenience, and if your focus is only on me, 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 that's dangerous. Then that's, you're, you're living for the things of this world. And those things will scatter you. But glory to God. Jesus gathers us. Jesus gathers us. That's good. Does your life feel scattered? I mean, you, you don't have to answer that, but just think about it. Ask yourself that. 
Or do you actually feel close to God? So you're only you and God know what you're going through unless you share it with someone. But no, well, understand the tomb is empty to give you an opportunity to put yourself back in right standing with your heavenly Father. Jesus paid the ultimate price on that cross. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, but he didn't stay there. He did not stay there. And on that third day, he rose again. Glory to God. And he did that so all of our lives can be full. And y'all, I encourage everybody, remind yourself of this fact, not just this one day. Because it's very easy to get going on with the motions of life. And you just forget. You forget about the price that was paid. And it was a pretty gracious price. I mean, really. It's like Stephen said. I can't imagine sending my son to pay that price, to take that suffering, to be our substitute. You see, in the Old Testament, there had to be a shedding of blood to cover sin. Well, we're under the New Testament now, under a new and better covenant. Jesus was our sacrifice. See, back then they had to sacrifice an animal. But Jesus was our sacrifice. He was our substitute so that we didn't have to. Man, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We can't praise you enough for this, just this, what you did, raising Jesus from the dead. And Father, we thank you for the plan that you had for all of this, to put us back in right standing with you. Put us back in your rightful place, Lord. Rightful place as a son and daughter, Father. And we just, I just thank you that for everybody that's come in here today. And Father, I pray that they not only heard the word, but I pray that they received it. They received it received it. And Father, ultimately, I pray that if there's anybody in this church, anybody within these four walls that either does not know you and does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that if there's anybody here that they will not leave this place, they will not leave this place without making a change. Making a change. It's all about making a change. And it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Listen, it's not something we do in our own strength. The price has already been paid. All we have to do is accept it. I pray, Father, if there's anybody here that they haven't accepted it, I pray that they'll make a choice today. And, Father, I pray that if there's anybody in this building, anybody in this building, that maybe they, they, they know you, they know you, they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but you know they've been away for a while. They've been away. They've, they've kind of put things, put you on the back burner, Father. Well, Father, I pray that if there's anybody in this house, they don't stay that way. They make a change. They make a change. They make a change to get.